Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here this week with Building 5, the boards that everybody loves to eat. I'm excited to sit and chat with Misty and Brumby about how they got started, their whole process, crafting of their mixes they have within the restaurant, and just the whole concept as a whole. But before we get to that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out and thank you to the amazing sponsors that make the show possible each and every week. Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, Currency Bank, the bank for businesses, and you know our outfit of the day is coming to you by McClavey's Limited. Without further ado, Misty and Brumby, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you all for coming on. I appreciate your time and fitting in the schedule. We had a last-minute opening, and so I'm excited this all worked out. Yeah, we're excited awesome. as well. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. So for those that aren't aware, who are you, what do you do, and what is Building 5? You go ahead. <laughs> uh, Misty Broussard, married to my husband and business partner, Brumby Broussard, here. Um, we're the owners of Building 5, a restaurant, market, bar here in Baton Rouge. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a wild ride. Fun ride. <laughs> well, let's get into the ride. How, <laughs> how, did, we, how did we get here? Will we, let's take it back to how y'all met. Oh, Lord. Okay. And then the, pro- the progression from there to get to Building 5. All right. We met 22 years ago, 21 years ago. 21 on a years movie ago. Uh, in Los Angeles. We were both in a movie business. We met on a movie called America's Sweethearts. We ended up uh, very quickly dating and decided, you know, this is kind of <laughs> getting serious. We really like each other. <laughs> And let's get out of the movie business together and move down to San Diego and open a modern furniture store. And so okay. we opened a modern furniture <laughs> store, not knowing a thing really about furniture, except that I had it in my house and she had it in her house. Yeah, I was a, a curious. He, he, he yeah. did that very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so so, a very quick story. Like, but why modern furniture? So we we're, had great friends in San Diego and we would go down there on the weekends and on Sunday nights we would have to go back well, between we, movies we would have those breaks of like yeah. four weeks six weeks a month and we spent all of our time in san diego and so yes it was the driving back on sunday Sundays nights that we, we were went, like this is know, where we want to be after a year of, of doing it we were like what are we doing like we love san diego it's great let's make the move and <laughs> movie business isn't really in san diego so we had to kind of create our own job if you will um so we ended up kind oh, of well, we went yeah. to Lake Tahoe with 15 friends for the New Year's. And champagne happened. And we were, <laughs> and dis- we were discussing. <laughs> and then you open up. <laughs> and then you open up. I mean, we that's what up. I do. You know, yeah, I just yeah. have yeah. some champagne and most of them open up furniture. We did. We, we, looked, we had a, a mutual PM, friend. Yeah, 3 p.m. on New Year's Day. <laughs> we said, you know what? Let's do it. We're like, what are we going to do? And we said, we don't know. But we're from entrepreneurial families. Yeah. We knew we wanted to own our own business. We knew we wanted something creative. And we really had no idea. So, I mean, we drove back. We talked about it the whole way. We quit our jobs the next week. Um, how the antique, <laughs> I mean, how the, the modern furniture thing happened is there was one of the guys there who was a boyfriend of Misty's friend that was there at the time. Um, we started saying, he's like, well, what are y'all thinking about doing? He had just moved to San Diego from Dallas with her. And he's like, you know, uh, we said, we're thinking about driving around the country, maybe doing some antiques and then bring it back and have a little shop in San Diego. And he's like, have you ever thought about modern furniture? And we're like, not really. I don't know. <laughs> what is furniture. modern furniture? It's more sleek <laughs> lines, mostly oh. European things, very clean lines. Um, and 
that's that's it's very it's different it's awesome we've fallen in love with it learned a whole lot we brought a lot of lines from uh italy and germany and netherlands and all over to uh san diego but we basically it took us a year we lived in a house yeah we lived in a we house flew it like no, we didn't tried fly to raise in. money um and then literally we'd have these foreign reps come to the house and they think it was a store that get there and they're like this is not a store and we're like well, we're not open yet, but we'd love <laughs> to rep your line here in America, you know. So it was probably a pretty funny process, but we ended up. Uh, he talked us into it. He's like, "Let's us three do it." So the three of us ended up opening mixture in San Diego, and that we was had it, it for thirteen thirteen years. years. Thirteen years. Yeah, yes, we learned a lot. It was a furniture store, art gallery. We represented all local San Diego artists, uh, design firm, gift shop. It was an old nineteen forties building. A brick warehouse that started off with like 2,500 and then 5,000 and then I think we ended just under 9,000 9, square feet. 9,500 square feet. That's not a small so, little space. No. That's it, a big store. It, it grew and our landlord there was like most amazing guy. Super cool building. There was, we, we started out at 2,500 downstairs and then a thousand square foot loft upstairs and then he had 6,000 behind us. That was kind of with all of his stuff in it mm-hmm. and he would show it to Harley Davidson of San Diego. He showed it to hair salons. He showed it. And I'd say, you know, I'd get excited because I'm like, oh, a neighbor, like to bring traffic. And I said, you know, how's it going? Showing it to the people. And he's like, I'm waiting for y'all to expand. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know. And literally, I think we were three years in when we started negotiating with him. So he kind of waited for us. And again, well, I'll, I'll throw this in real quick. When we went to expand, right, Rumby loved to cook. We were trying to figure out not just bringing in furniture. So we decided to bring in Italian cabinetry, right? Kitchen, kitchen, cabinetry. kitchen cabinetry. So it enabled us to head to Italy and do a little bit of research, but it but also, also have we a got live working kitchen in the furniture store so that we could, you could cook, cook. naturally so and show people how their events. kitchen's going to be. There it is. Show yes. them how the kitchen would work. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Lots yeah. of events, lots of cooking yes. as well. So, and we loved it. Like we would entertain people there. We had Thanksgivings there, but also on Saturdays and Sundays we would, I would cook and people would eat down the street. They're like, I, I came in here because I smelled the, what's going on? Like, is this a, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we're a modern furniture store and we cook and it would keep people there longer. And it was something to talk about. And then they, it, again, it was a kind of a lifestyle store. So it, it was, it was great. And it, it helped people kind of see that furniture in their house. And what they say, when you're selling a house, you, you bake the cookies in the oven, you put the green apples on the counter, you make it look like and smell like home. So that's kind of what we did with the furniture store. Yeah. He or just, or just jealous of the fact that they couldn't cook, cook that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just loved yeah. to cook, and it, yeah. it worked out really well. There was a hidden agenda Obviously. to actually have the kitchen. <laughs> we should sell cabinetry. Yeah. And so. really nice appliances yeah that's good so then you should have like started your own cooking show or something that would have been brought in the camera tree and all that stuff yeah Yeah. you know i like like, like a red stick spice style setup with all the cameras and everything right can i i oh 100 i i when the cameras go on i'm like uh, cindy brady in that episode of the brady bunch when she knew all the answers but when the camera light went on you're like this (laughs) you don't know anything this is a lot easier i don't pay attention to those cameras but it's much easier to you know, so yeah, the cooking show idea, I've always loved the idea, but I think, you know, nobody wants to see people go like this. There's still plenty of time. 
You know, you just you set up you start with small cameras, right? And yeah, you start up have, with them small. We have the back room. iPhone. Just have, have Misty the, walk around you a little bit. We have bit. the back room set up at, at Building Five for a camera for cooking classes and things like that. Yeah. But camera's been installed since before we opened. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just, just like, ready for it. You knew yeah. it was going to be something you were going to do. Well, cooking yeah. classes as well. Cooking not not necessarily just a yeah. show, but classes. But we just haven't. Um, we've been fortunate. We've stayed busy that we haven't been able to fully um, do everything that we grow wanted. into all those fun opportunities that we're looking forward to. But you still got them and they're still in. They're still on the docket waiting. It's, you know what? To come there's, to fruition. there's nothing that is out of the question. No. Right? Yes. We've learned that. <laughs> I love it. So. Y'all did it for what, 13 years? Yeah, 13 years. And then the kids started coming along, you know. <laughs> um, we, we literally started to try the move about four years before we actually did it. It was like, we're going to, we should do this. And it's like, yeah, well, let's get closer to family. And she's being from South Texas. I'm from South Louisiana. We kind of like did trips and talked about, you know, I have a little bit more family, I think, here close to Baton Rouge and New Iberia, Lafayette. We knew and we wanted so, to raise our kids here. Yeah, I mean, we, the day we met in Los Angeles, Right. There was the you're from the South. You're from Texas. I'm from Louisiana. Oh, would you ever move back? Oh, I'm definitely going to raise my family there. Right. So that that was on from day one that we knew that was happening. So we just had to wait. But it did take us almost five years to actually leave San Diego because it's a beautiful yeah, it's a beautiful not, place. It's, 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 it's tough to leave. I imagine y'all probably had yeah. somewhere along the coast or something like that. Yeah, we our, our store was in Little Italy, and we lived right up the hill from it. So near Buffalo Park. Yeah, yeah we, I walked to work, and you know you. There's restaurants and bars within walking distance, a hundred of them, you know, in any direction. It was a great place to live. Hard to leave, but once we, we knew we wanted to go. But yeah, it took us about four years <laughs> to where we we're like, okay, let's We do also it. found we were flying here, I mean, five, six times a year so yeah. that our kids would know their grandparents and their right. cousins and our big families. And so finally we just said, let's make the move before our son starts kindergarten, flip the model. And if we live and raise them there, then we can, we can actually go on vacations that aren't our hometowns. You know what I mean? So right. That's raise them around. Family. So, did y'all yeah. sell the furniture store? What What happened with that? Is so, still we in ended existence. Up, you still own. A, not, you still have a partial ownership <laughs> of the furniture store with no, a live it, kitchen. It's actually it, it worked out like perfect. Um, we were we put the word out to interior designers and architects and saying, you know, hey, we're for sale. If you want to come in and have your design studio here, it's perfect. And within, I don't know how many months it was, we started putting it out a little bit more to real estate agents to whatever. Well, a friend of ours, uh, Nate, he was a real estate agent there, walked in with Brian Malarkey, who is a, a celebrity chef. He's on the Food Network a lot. Um, uh, Richard Blaze had just opened Juniper and Ivy next to us, which is, you know, Richard Blaze is also on the Food Network. So uh, Brian Malarkey and, and Nate, you know, he said he's interested in actually buying the store. How many months, do you, I mean, how many years do you have left on the lease? So we ended up negotiating a deal where he bought us out of our lease and then said, I don't care how long it takes you to close. So however long. So we closed about 10 months. I mean. It kept extending. Ex- yeah, it kept <laughs> extending. He didn't mind. But it, it was, was great. And it was and, great. It was, I mean, I thought closing the store was going to be this very sad no, um, moment a- that would be kind of dreadful. And I mean, we had parties and. Um, it was such a celebration. We, we had people that had been we like, know had, now, like, met we, at our store and yeah. had gotten married and had, and kids, had kids. And they and, would come oh, to the parties. Cool. It was and like artists so cool. that had, you know, launched huge careers. And a lot of the um, employees, our team members that worked with us, had their own design businesses. So it, it ended up being like an amazing last year kind of celebrating 
all of those things, uh, you know, it was was very different than what I thought it was going to be, but it ended up being this really beautiful closure to the business. Very positive and and good. And the the restaurant there is Urban Wood and it's a beautiful restaurant. So if you're ever in San Diego, go to Urban Wood. It's, it's beautiful. And that was our old furniture store. Well, and it's also a joyous occasion when you're closing the door of a business to go somewhere else for a positive side. Of right. Course. So if you were closing it because the store wasn't, wasn't making right. it, it'd be a whole <laughs> different yeah, outlook. Whole different you know? story. If you say we've got to close so, our doors because we're not selling furniture, yeah. nobody's buying anything. Yeah. You know, R- Rummy's cooking's not going so well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we got to do something different here. Exactly. Well, glad so. to know that wasn't the case yeah, with our no, choice. It was good. <laughs> it was all business. good. And, you know, all of that led us to here and, and moving here and starting this business and, you know, having that business and not knowing it very well um, and learning all of the stuff. It's it helps you for the next phase. Like it's we do these 10 year complete career complete, changes. Yeah. We're not sure why we do them. Movie but business, 10 years, furniture store, 13 and years. And now we're in our third year of being open here. Not to say we're done. I was about to say, are, are you saying we got seven years left to enjoy building five and then <laughs> no. you're out of here? No, right no. now, I mean, like, we're having such fun. It's 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 not all fun. It gets a little crazy, but it's for the most part, it's it's wonderful. Like the people of Baton Rouge have been great to us. The business, knock on wood, has been very good, and um, the location is amazing. I think it's probably one of the best locations around in Baton Rouge. That whole area. You know, changing for the better and, you know, just rustic and funky and cool. So we have no plans right now to do another 10-year shift. Yeah. <laughs> so It's very different doing it with young kids, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of find yourself stuck or yeah, solidified in a yes. position like, no, I need to make sure that I'm doing this. I can't bounce around. Yeah, look at your 13-year-old and say, hey, we're moving. And you'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're here. We're good. And there's still so much we want to do. I mean... Like I said, there's so many parts of the business that were always the initial, you know, plans that we haven't even been able to kind of scratch the surface on yet. So we're we're excited. And that's great. Yeah. So then what made y'all want to get I mean, I guess you're coming from the furniture store business and I guess it is immediate turns from movie to furniture. <laughs> and I guess you were just like, Hey, I wanna get behind this cooking thing and make it a reality yeah. at that point. I mean, look, food has always been super important in my family. Uh, I went to culinary school here in Baton Rouge 27 years ago now. Um, so uh, food has always been my thing. My mom said a long time ago, you need to have some initials behind your name. If you're not going to go to college, and I, I went to college, it wasn't great. I didn't like it. So my mom said, you you know, do something. So I went to culinary school. I got my degree there. And so I had something to fall back on. And then that's when I shout out to the, the you know, movie stuff and uh, it had the name so I always had in my head to like I love restaurants I love the energy I love food I love um we love entertaining people we we love entertaining people um so it just kind of naturally we started talking about it and all the great restaurants out in California that we fell in love with we were we kind of gelled that's what building five is we gelled about five concepts that we absolutely loved and we used to go to and to into what building five is from the market to the bar to the details or private room pieces to, that you know, loved. all of the different aspects. That's great. Yeah. And so what, what was your push Misty to kind of get this thing off the ground? He's got the culinary background. <laughs> you well. see the details of that place. That's, that's her. 
For I mean, sure. w- once we knew we were moving back home, we said, okay, what are we going to do? We knew we didn't want to do furniture again. We made the decision to do food. Um, and from that point, we knew what we loved. We knew what we loved, you know, experiencing, enjoying friends that had restaurants, um, what we liked about different things and the idea of being a part of that and creating our own. Um, like I said, we're, we're both of our families, small business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, so the idea of creating, you know, a, a brand and something else that we love, we're always kind of um, building things that we're fans of somewhat. Uh, so I, I think when that happened, I mean, literally for Rumby and I, once the idea is there, we kind of just start rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's kind of like a million miles an hour. So there's no looking back. And then it's just, you know, making a plan. I mean, we, we started deciding it was a restaurant. In that time, we ended up having our daughter in San Diego. We were kind of already, wheels were in motion to move, to move here and to do this. And then once we actually moved, I mean, our biggest, um, I guess the biggest issue for us was finding a location. Things in Baton Rouge just didn't stay open. And if they did, having not been from here, people were already in the pipeline. The really for good those locations, locations we figured out very quickly, they do not last very long at all. And a lot of times people they were in taken the know before you knew. would know the restaurant was going to be closing and there was another person ready to sign that lease and do another restaurant or i mean every time we look at something it's like oh man look at that location it was something else already we would just drive around not to mention raising money was not like yeah the easiest thing to do move to a new town (laughs) and say you're opening a restaurant and people look at you like oh that's the people opening a restaurant go that way (laughs) go the other way yeah so that wasn't that wasn't easy but it took all of it took a little time i think from the time we moved what do we We've been here almost eight years and we're three years old and the construction and everything took about a year. So four years of, it was a big project. We had to rezone the property. There were, there were a lot of, I mean, he, so he found that location, right? We kept looking for buildings all over Baton Rouge. Uh, We weren't tied to any one area. Um, Even the concept changed a little bit depending on different locations that were available. And he found that spot and he wouldn't even tell me about it. I didn't tell her for, It was longer than that. I didn't tell her because I didn't want her super excited. And then it falls through. Right. So I went and talked to the landlord and again and again and again. And finally he agreed to lease it to us. Uh, I had told her when I f- started feeling good about the conversation with him and then, you know, with showed yeah. it to her and she was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like how does this exist? How is this available yeah. in Baton Rouge? And I'm not from here, right? So I'm still learning... I was still learning areas, and um, I mean, I, I think I'd only been to Baton Rouge twice before we decided to move here. Um, yeah. And when we kind of narrowed down where Which we were Which is kind of crazy if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had some familiarity with it. Yes. You know, at least going yes. to someplace twice, you kind of start to recognize parts of town, and you recognize, oh, this big right. landmark, yeah. this big building. But from an economic standpoint, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, pure crazy. I mean, yeah. we did. We, we said we're moving home somewhere between texas and then north carolina that was actually our our spot because my sister was in manhattan at the time okay. and we were trying to get close we to family to and at, we just and then kept narrowing down we narrowed down to like if you put a a point on the state line and you did like a circumference of like you know around a certain radius that's where we wanted to be so we looked at spring texas we looked at tyler texas we looked at new orleans lafayette baton rouge and then kind of you know, came to the realization that Baton Rouge would be the best for us. We wanted a we wanted a great place to raise our kids. Yeah, 
We wanted a great place to raise it. We had lived in like downtown San Diego for a long time. We had lived in LA. Um, we had lived in other places in our lives. And it was, it was how do we, it was time to make our kids a priority as well. Mm -hmm. So how do we pick this really great spot? And it was a strong economy and that was important to us. We had, we had gone through a recession in San Diego. Yeah. Right. So those things were a factor and, and Baton Rouge had so much to offer. And then we were really intrigued by um, the culinary scene because all everyone kept telling us was it was kind of this, you know, stepsister to New Orleans and um, Lafayette. And then when we came here and we started meeting people and checking out what was going on, there were like different cool things happening. Chefs here, um, restaurants opening, kind of this independent movement that was intriguing to us. It, it, you know, we were excited to be a part of something like that for sure. That's in, I've never heard of it of Baton Rouge being referred to as the stepsister of New Orleans and Lafayette from the culinary space. That's hope, interesting. Well, I hope we so we heard this a lot when we were getting ready right to when move we got here. here. It was kind of everyone said a restaurant. You go to New Orleans, or you go to Lafayette, and they kept saying this. And then when we, it wasn't what we were experiencing, mm -hmm. and and so it was a very different. Uh, I think. Well, know, I guess it was back in 2014. 2015. 2015. 2015. Uh -huh. Okay, so. All right, I could I could see some justification. Those I mean, were not my I, words. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see that making a little bit remember. of sense back back at that point in time. Yeah, it was it was very different. I mean, that's yeah. what we said when we got here. That was not what we were experiencing at all. There were so many smaller independent, um, yeah. you know, White Star Market was opening. Different right. chefs and um, investors or business, different people that we were meeting a lot with. Of it people was a were very moving different back scene. and opening restaurants. I mean, yeah. you know, you got BRQ, you got. These, these guys, and that was kind of like, man, this is kind of exciting. This is cool. People are moving back here. They're opening cool little places. You know, back when I was going to culinary school, I think I went in 2003. It was at the Lafayette Hotel downtown. Mm -hmm. And that was like the um, uh, chain restaurant time in Baton Rouge. I mean, every chain was coming to Baton Rouge. And I think it got real, for lack of better words, chainy. And I mean, it was, you know, your bukas and your... Olive Gardens and your Outbacks and your all of that. And so I think around, I don't know when it was, I wasn't here, 2010, it started to move not away from that, but not to get such the stigma of the chain restaurant. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think it's, it's headed that way. And there's other, these larger groups that are opening great places too. Um, well, I think that are turning it into a, a great culinary scheme and I think they're looking for new concepts so you still have these big large groups right. these big large companies but they're trying to find different concepts that they can open up to differentiate and have multiple locations in the same city right. that are under one parent company but it's all different little concepts right that kind of hit everybody where which they're is at. exciting I oh mean, it's very it's, exciting it's great it's interesting so it's, it's as really a business good. owner as a customer as yes. just a resident of the city right I mean we when we got here our, our top question to everyone was okay, you have someone come in town, where do you take them, right? And it was very telling, kind of where everyone would say, like, your best friend comes in town from out that. of state, where do you take them? You know? I love asking people that because it's... And I in 2015, there was a lot of hesitation. There's not yeah. anymore. No, that's yeah. true. They, it's Because there was only one or two... I mean, there was... You had the people who ate out a lot, knew where, what... I mean, what I call them as the hole-in-the-wall restaurants, the one-off right. mom-and-pop yeah. shops that have the aesthetics they've been around and they haven't had to change anything. Right. right. So it's just been what the restaurant yeah. is and you go there knowing yeah. you're gonna get a you're gonna get a real homey vibe or a real mom and pop vibe, but the food is gonna be off the charts. Right, right. Yeah. But and that, that same question now we still ask it. It's it's very different answer yeah. from two thousand fifteen to now. You know, which yeah, is exciting. People but now people are like, a lot easier they keep, now. Now they go to they five did. or six or it seven. It used to be they'd name one or two and then they'd be like, God, they couldn't man, come up with three. And now if you ask people that, they actually 
they have quicker answers and they have more answers. And so that's 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 one of the things we it's feel exciting. like that's a good thing. Baton Rouge is going in the right direction culinarily, which is good. Well, and it's an easy tell whenever you start having people be able to rattle off multiple businesses at once. Yeah. It means that the city is developing and growing and expanding beyond what it was. Mm-hmm. And people are, I guess, for the like taking matters in their own hands, you know, and making right. stuff happen. Yeah, you know we That's had good. we had B Arcade on two weeks ago, an arcade bar. Yeah, like, so cool. Yeah, yeah. that it's that great. that concept was something that people would look at you and say, "Well, you're just crazy to go and do <laughs> right. that." Right. I think they did that to Todd too, when they're like, "You're going to do chicken." chicken <laughs> Everybody told just, us that. Yeah. Just yeah. one three things. But crazy is good. Your items. Yeah, you know, how'd that work your out for you? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it worked out all right. Yeah, yeah I think he's at yeah. 700 You need locations. crazy, though, right? Yeah. You need crazy. You need, Absolutely. We talk about, I mean, all these things we've done, had we had we not done them before, we would have entered into it very differently. But kind of, you know, we kind of like those new business blinders. You start something. It, it's a... It's a beautiful thing what you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. When you open a restaurant, it's a yes. beautiful thing what you don't know because in hindsight, you look at this saying, how, how would I ever achieve it? Instead of you just jump in, you roll your sleeves up, you tackle it each day. Because as you get older, you get more scared. You get a little bit of what could happen. Like what if, and at young, when you're younger, you're like, well, not, you don't know any better. So you're like, <laughs> let's just go for it and see what happens. And then, you know. Well, us too, though. I mean, when yeah. we opened it, it was just like, yeah, we, you get we weren't so, that young. When we, <laughs> no, but you get so, you get behind something, yeah. right? It's a passion. Yeah, it's a project and failure is not an option. So right. it's now just how do we stay flexible? You know, I mean, I promise you two weeks before we opened, we were having these conversations, like just praying people would enjoy eating a dinner board. We yeah, weren't sure we, people would get the board. I, I almost ixnayed that idea like two weeks before we <laughs> opened. I looked at Misty and we, I mean, we had ordered boards. We had them coming in and I'm like, Misty, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, what are we doing? I'm like, first of all, the, the, the stuff's going to get cold going out to the table. The juices are going to flow. I'm like, I, and I'm in the middle of the night. I'm like, I, what are we They're doing? Heavy. We're, attack on like, We're putting this on plates. That's <laughs> it. The dinner, boy, we may be platters. I'm like something that'll hold the, and all of a sudden I talked to one of my buddies in California, who's a restaurateur. And I called him the next day after my, middle of the night freak out and um, this is after we'd already borrowed a million dollars so um, the panic was real and so I called him and I said you know I said Philippe I don't I think the board idea is great I don't think I'm gonna do this I said I think maybe platters or just do plates and let people order and he goes look he goes you have a good idea here stick to it trust me I think it's gonna be awesome and I'm like well Oh, okay, so we we went back and we said, okay, we'll do the boards, and then we figured out some ways to not make it, you know, the juices flow down or whatever. And it 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 literally it kept me up a lot of nights. But then once it started happening, and people were like, dude, this is great, you know, a little Italy board and a steak and potato board and a harvest board, it you know worked out. Because y'all kind of kicked. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe y'all kind of kicked off the board concept here in Baton Rouge for the most part. Or was we, there somebody I mean, else doing something we, similar? We had never seen it, no, to be honest. It's it how here. we eat at home, right? When he makes anything, not just charcuterie, cheese, you know, um, anything he would make, he'd pull out one of our big, you know, cutting boards or wooden boards and would serve all different kinds of food on it. So it's something that we loved. Yeah. And when we looked at this idea, it was, you know, the experience is a big thing for us, right? If we're going to open a restaurant, you have to have amazing food, of course. You have to have amazing service, drinks, of course. But how do you create this environment 
that takes people out of their world, right? We wanted out of like, their moment. We wanted this two top talking to the two top next to them about what did, what do you have there? And and you create that conversation, then you meet a new person and it's all surrounded about food. Like you're, you know, meeting people through food. So that's kind of the whole concept it's behind super the boards. Communal, and also right? like she said, when people come to the house or for the I don't know how many years I've been cooking and we love to entertain, we have people at the house. I like to just start throwing things out. I would rather do that than have a sit down dinner party like that. I need to move anyway. I'm not a good sitter downer. I need to like, you know, so it's a great way for me to like go back to the oven or go back to the grill and throw something out and come back. And, and it's, it's more of a sharing experience. It's more of, I would rather take, um, you know, three bites of 17 different things than have, you know, four things on my plate and have the same amount of bites. I want to try a little bit of that, a little bit of that. So the board idea was what each board has eight to 10 different things on it. And that's on purpose. If you get a board for one and I get a board for one, we have 20 things in front of us. And you can be like, dude, try that with this sauce and try that with this. No, put that with this. Check, man, check this. And it's two different boards and now it's coming together. So it's like, that's where the idea came from, really. Yeah. And it's that that way is fascinating because i'll go there with my wife and we'll each get a board for one yeah and then it's like halfway through the dinner we just swap the board <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right let's switch now right. let's just try something different mm-hmm. and it's it's a phenomenal experience to go there and the space that y'all have is so cool but also a little risky for louisiana weather <laughs> yeah we lose uh 36 when it rains but I'll be honest with you, uh, On the we, we have 136 days. seats. And if it's raining, we lose 36. So we have a 100-seat restaurant inside. But the thing about it is, is like, Louisiana, they sit outside, man. They, even if it's, you know, kind of hot, but you blow a fan on them, they're happy with outside. Yeah. If it's a little misty, they'll be like, I'll sit outside until it starts pouring. Like, I'll, right. you know what I mean? Like, and then we'll scoot right underneath the awning yes. to where, oh, we're, yeah. to where like the rain's yeah. falling here yeah. and we're still Every eating. time it rains, yeah. we look at, do we need to cover this? But then every day it's a beautiful day. We're like, it's not the same once it's covered. So it's, um, it's certainly, I mean, we never thought we would be on a weather app as much as we are daily, hourly, by oh, the yeah, minute no. sometimes. I'm like Doppler. <laughs> you can call me. I'm on that thing like. <laughs> it's crazy. But on those beautiful nights, the weather's nice. The doors are open. I mean, it's just, it, it, I know our team can't wait, right? If it's a day where the doors can be open, I mean, people walk in, our team they walks in smiling. Can we open? We were can we open? And it was still 81 degrees <laughs> and like 9,000% humidity. They're like, can we open them? I'm like, gosh, we love it. It's kind of hot. But I'm like, go ahead. And we did. And, but it's just that feeling when those doors start opening, you're like, okay, here we go. This is, you know, it it's feels awesome. Good. And we open them. I think we open them probably 90 days a year, maybe 100. And I thought we would open them maybe 20 if we were lucky. And so we open them a lot more than you would think here. So yeah. And it, that is part of the incredible part is the fact of you do have so many openable days. Yes. Where you can sit there and open them up and people can come in. I mean, Correct. I've been I've been to the restaurant one day and the doors were closed and the, they had a ch- the table and chair that wasn't there. And then I came back, the doors were open, there was a two-top there. And I was like, <laughs> that table was not there <laughs> yeah. last week. Obviously, they bring it in yeah. when they open the doors. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. the thing too. Like, It's, a, it's, it's a, staying flexible yeah. again. The right? good thing it's a good is reminder. It's a sexy little place that if the doors can't be open, it's still a nice you know, atmosphere inside. If it's storming outside, there's no better place than sitting next to those doors with that rain hitting the side of it. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's still, it's still 
great. So it cools down thing. a little bit. Yes, exactly. So whenever y'all were going to start designing the place, I mean, you walk in there and it's kind of like it's kind of like your boards. There's a mixture of everything <laughs> within the restaurant. Right. Walk us through the design of getting that concept to where it is. Do you want to take that? I mean, the building that he found, right, that's the market when you walk into. That first part was the market. We also started fast casual when we first opened the business. Um, For lunch, we were fast casual. Yeah. Dinner, full service. But it was a storage shed. I mean, there was no running. There was no plumbing. There was no electricity. No, the electricity <laughs> was two plugs coming together and a couple of dangling lights. <laughs> um, and I think when we fell in love with it, it was that space. And then very quickly, those trees out on the patio we were like they're gorgeous. How can we not let people sit underneath these trees? So then it was, we have to have outdoor seating. And um, then when we started looking at kind of the space, we, you know, some of the things we wanted to do with the kitchen and we, we would run into different um, issues that we would just flip it. And then it was the private room. Like, well, you've got to, I've got to have this awesome room to have a private room. And then the outdoor space, we're like this, it shouldn't just be picnic benches. This is really cool let's do a bar. Well, if we're going to do a bar, we've got to have these doors, right? So it kept growing, but we it also was truly wanted, the space. Yeah. We knew we wanted it to fit with the area too. I mean, all those buildings and all that, you know, that whole area is rustic and funky. So kind we of wanted hidden. to keep that building and the atmosphere we, we put together to kind of fit the property. We wanted people to come there and go, has this been here 25 years or has it been here two months or has it, and, and kind of confuse them a little bit. That's why we left the outside like it is. I want people to walk up with their friend and go, wait, what, dude, where are you taking me? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then you walk in the door and you're surprised by it. You have, you have an element of like, oh, wow, okay, this is here. And then that person is excited to take somebody and mm -hmm. go, dude, come with me. And you're like, where am I taking? Yeah, it's like, and it, it, well, it's it messing fits, with expectations, fits, yes. right? And I think that's a little bit we of... We like to do that. We, I mean, it's always nice when we're surprised by any type of a business. And so the same thing, like when, it, when we... We're thinking of the space. It's like, how do you have a spot where people want to come? Um, how do you, how, how do you mess with that expectation when they're walking up on the, you know, the gravel path and <laughs> you're you know, parking under an overpass and you're just dead like, end road. Where, where am I? Yeah, yeah. it's dark. Or that, you know, a rusted old fire truck in the front. Like yes. it's what is this? Very place, questionable right? things roll through your head. Next yeah. thing you're looking for some yeah. tumbleweeds to come in front yes. of the, yeah. in front of the I shop. Mean, you could you can create your own uh, lunch or you can create your own dinner if you want to date with your wife you can sit in the private room and it's a little more you know quiet and sexy and if you're you know meeting a buddy or two couples you can sit in the bar that's more like a brooklyn atmosphere that's kind of you know funky and cool and the front market is like just kind of la style where there's a freezer case and a you know a, a cool weird atmosphere like but it's still market. cool to have a date night in there or you kind of in the patio of course is its own personality so you kind of create your vibe. experience within building five and, and how you're feeling and what you're but we said is, that's kind of is. like our home right so our big thing was if we're going to open a restaurant it's got to feel like how we would want to entertain people in our house right you walk in the kitchen's always where people want to hang out but you have these different parts of the room of your home i mean you know whether you're outside and each part of your home has that different vibe right certain people come over you sit in a different room and so that was really big for us that they felt independent of one another to create those different experiences but walking through it you know it, it was clearly one spot but i mean we it was it was painstakingly <laughs> designed on some of the pieces of you know if there was any old wood behind something we weren't going to use we wanted to pull the old wood off and use it somewhere else if there had to be new you know products or materials anywhere 
how do we beat it up? How do we stain it? How do we leave it outside for the next six months? How do we make sure it feels like it's home here so that it didn't feel out of place? And it's, it's one of our favorite compliments when people come in and say, how long has this place been here? And they have no idea that from those windows over all of that was grass when we, when we started there, like Where that was all built around. new. So the market is the only room that existed. That front. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, that yeah. front nine hundred okay. square foot space that right. you walk in is the original building. But and the windows to the bar. Else, the the bar uh, is 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 new construction. The patio is new construction. The private room, and all of the course, kitchen. the high five upstairs and the kitchen is all new construction. So we added all of that. But it doesn't feel like new construction, and I think that's what yeah, you, what you were getting. Exactly. It doesn't feel like this place was a truck was dumped off with fresh wood and timber, and then yeah. you built this whole yeah. thing. And, and it's got this I mean, if you look at too. some of the metal inside, it actually, we beat it up a little bit and we stained it a little bit. So it if, looks like yeah, if we couldn't find it rainwater old. <laughs> had hit it and it's now stained. And so it's like there's little things. And, she's and like, we found objects, I mean, all over detail. on the property, you know, from our landlord and from antique stores and estate sales. And, and for us, it was a part of um, kind of the authentic feel of everything needed to have a story. Right. Needed to have soul, needed to have character. I mean, there's a reason why all of our silverware um, is bought from estate sales and vintage shops. And, um, you know, we go to Round Top and it's all I mean, they have initials, right? Like some of these things. And it's the idea that the silverware, I mean, how many memories were created in meals and stories and laughter with different family members and, and how actually, cool that that's passed along. It's, it's less expensive than actually going to buy brand new silverware. I'm sure. So some people like are taking well, our silverware because depends they on think who we're it's, getting it like, from. Dude, it's really cheap. Like you don't have to take my silverware. It's, you know, go, go, go no, to estate yeah. sale. I, I, I can tell you just like <laughs> yeah. the weather. I can tell you where all the estate <laughs> sales <laughs> are yes. this weekend. Cause yeah, I go, I'm going to be there. And Doppler, just call me. We, we had bought <laughs> out all, pretty much all of the surrounding area, but I mean, we've had really cool stories. There was a girl that sat there and she, you know, was freaking out and grabbed the server and brought us over. And she had a ring that she had made from an artist from an old spoon. And she had the, the fork that matched the spoon. The exact when she sat pattern down. was on her ring of the one that was at her table. And we've had people say, this was my mother's pattern. This was my grandmother's. Um, I mean, the cool thing is you look at like, I mean, we're, we're probably going too far on silverware, but the cool, <laughs> the cool thing, the details are, it yeah, matters. The cool thing about it is, is like, think of how many Thanksgiving dinners, all of that silverware, had at homes with families and friends and you know all of that and now it's it's you know living on because you know we found it at an estate sale and it's a set of five now instead of the 12 or whatever you know that 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 silverware was sitting at like parties for the past 50 years you know it's kind of cool yeah it gives that again that vibe of of home feel and that it's it's part of you it's part of the experience right i mean you know, we, we jumped off of it a little bit for the boards, but it was this idea because, you know, we weren't sure would people share, would they, would they know what to do with the boards? And it jumped back to how do we create this very communal experience, right? A lot of people got to dinner now, um, and whether it's TVs or cell phones or whatever's going on, there's a lot of distraction. A lot of people, you know, you'll see four, six, seven people sitting at a table and they're not even interacting with one another. Well, guess what? If I bring that dinner board, right, the steak and potato they board to your table and you want steak, you better pay attention. <laughs> right? yeah. You'll be left out if you're not a part of this. So it's the idea that um, you're kind of actively asking people, what is that? Trying different things. And, and all of a sudden now you have this entire conversation around what you're all eating. Right. So now it's this experience that um, you wouldn't normally have. It, it, you know, he always said we were eliminating order envy. What yes, happens when you go I to those restaurants where you sit down for terribly. two hours? You commit to this entree, right? right. And the entree comes to your table. I mean, to your 
place setting and all you want is a bite of what the person across from you has. <laughs> and it's not socially acceptable to reach across and take a bite of that. It depends you know, on who you're with. Depends on who you're with. I yeah. fork over there and start cutting I do somebody's have an extendable food. fork that I keep in my truck. It's weird. My son's like, "Why do you have an extendable fork?" I'm like, "Son, you never know. He does. Somebody's gonna have That's right. something across the table that I'm gonna need to have a bite of." You can tell them where you got that fork from. Yeah, I don't know if they oh would know gosh. them. No, most people wouldn't. Sally uh, Struthers. Sally Struthers was at a dinner party one time. Do you know who that is? Sally I have no idea who that is. Okay, okay. yeah. See, do you know who that is? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, she was an actress, comedian. Um, what was the show? Which one? Archie. All in the Family. All in the Family. What's so she was a daughter on All in the Family. And I get invited to this dinner party, and there's like 10 of us there. And Sally Struthers is there. And I'm like, you are kidding me. I'm sitting here with Sally Struthers. How cool is this? So we're sitting there, and I'm across from her, and we're laughing and cutting up, and she is awesome. And all of a sudden, I look down, and she is extended a fork, and she's stealing food off of my plate. I'm like, what is that? Like, that, and I just started cracking up laughing. And at the end of the dinner party, she goes, "You got to take that." So I'm like, okay. So I've had a extendable fork from <laughs> Sally Struthers in my truck for twenty something years, and it's yeah, that's good. How often do you use it? Probably too often. <laughs> we we may or may not be bringing extendable forks into building yeah, five, we, so that people can experience that from. Look if it's at a yard sale. Yes. Pick it up. You oh, know, yes. Those big boards, sometimes you can't reach to the <laughs> yeah. other side. Well, and it's the, the shareable element, like you were saying, it's not common practice for someone to reach over and grab some food. But at the last restaurant, I was with a group of guys and we were sitting there eating and they just kept saying, oh, hang on, you got to try this cut. Yeah. You got to try this. I'm like, well, yeah. you want to try this? And so we started passing it around. Right. And I think the idea of shareable sides and shareable appetizers has kind of opened up people's plates of course. Where they're not just bound to eating with an arm around it, making sure that no one's going to steal what right. they're eating. It's more of, oh, right. yeah, let's let's exchange yeah. some food. Let's get some. Yes. Let's start sharing what we've got. But I'm sure initially you probably had to have some weird looks when people sat down and were we like, well, what in the world is bored? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why the heck are you bringing out my food that Where's you say, plate? please share. Yeah. And that's you why, know, the, like, boards, what is this? That's why the boards yeah. do come in one, two, and four. So they serve <laughs> one person, two people, or four people. And that way, if somebody is that person that is not a sharer, they can get a board for one, and they can put their arms around it, and they can block it <laughs> off. But the idea is that you know we can you know, get the board for one, and you get a board for one, and we share it up. But yeah, we did do the board for one just for that very reason. <laughs> I mean, we we have boards for four, but I, I try to get people all the time. I'm like, please get two different boards for two, right? Not just a board for four, and that way you have more things to try. But well, because then it's you're right. stuck settling, and then if you have people that said, let's get one board of four, and that's all we're going to eat, yeah. Then everybody's like, well, I like this board, I like this board, right. I like this board, and it's yes. okay, great. All four of you get one, and then you all can all pass it around, yes. And you get that element of, well, now I don't have to sit there and like you said. The table comes out, orders, and they start looking around. Exactly. Oh, well, their board yeah. was the really board good. We should have gotten their yeah. board. Well, and no. we love it when customers tell us about different combinations of what they like. You know, we had someone yeah. who combines two of our soups. It still blows my mind. It and she blows swears my mind. Soups. She combines the roasted tomato basil with the Tom Kagai soup. And, and swears. swears by it. I still need to try it, but okay. I can't quite bring myself I to. I don't know that I want to, but I, <laughs> I, I trust her because when she said that her husband, and they, they, they get, get a bowl and a bowl, and they do it every time. And they are regulars and they're awesome, but I'm like, wow. I'm like, how, 
Like, how did you even think of that? Like, did you did just you spill? spill some? And then you're like, that's oh my, my God, guess. That's, that's my guess. She <laughs> spilled yeah. some. She was, she was taking <laughs> some from his <laughs> soup, bringing it to yeah. hers, and she spilled the, she bumped was. her elbow and it fell into yeah. the soup bowl. Like, we're not wasting that. Let's try it. So we've, we've actually got some of y'all's products in front of us here. So kind of walk us through what we've got within these different containers, because it's all home blended, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 are we, what do we have here? I'll let him talk about the lemonades. It's been a passion project. Yeah, so uh, the lemonades, uh, before, it's in our business plan. We, I love lemonade. It's like my, my thing, vodka and lemonade. But <laughs> so a while back, we started three-ingredient lemonades, uh, blueberry, ginger, rosemary, pear, basil, jalapeno, and like whatever's in season, and we play with it. And the lemonades just started selling really, really well. And so we bottle them. We sell them there in 16-ounce or 32. If somebody's having a party, they can say, hey, can I get a gallon? We can sell them a gallon. And uh, some people drink it right out of the bottle and they're happy. Some people bring it home and mix it with spirits. Um, We are, uh, hopefully our next deal is to try to get these into grocery stores. We're formulating right now to make it uh, a longer shelf life because these are fresh made ingredients. It only lasts 10 days because, you know, um, it's real strawberries, it's real jalapenos, it's real. So it's, um, we're working with formulation right now and a bottler and finding a bottler to get them hopefully in the grocery stores yeah and y'all have got the even the the spirit mix you've got the cocktail mixes the margarita mix and you've got um there's some other mix in front of me some cocktail mix basil martini that's it the martini mix yes Yes. and you're right they all have like use by dates on them because of how fresh ingredients are right we make those all in-house for sure i mean our cocktail mixes are non-alcoholic you um, mix it at home and with that's just been spirit. so fun to watch i mean we'll we'll make a batch and we look up and they're just gone yeah you know which has been uh Really exciting, you know. It's it's fun to. We basically to see people took fall in love uh, with the, product. the drinks that sold the best on the menu and created uh, drinks that people could just bring home and have with them all the time. It's kind of like the market freezers and refrigerators we have up front. The whole th- idea with the business plan was: is why in the heck would you sell something to them seated uh, seated in your restaurant if they like it? Have a have it for them to take home: chicken tortilla soup, the roasted tomato basil soup, porks too, whatever they can bring it home with them and so it kind of worked out well i'm sure that probably helped y'all significantly during covid when people wanted this they wanted the drinks whether it was the lemonades or their cocktail mixes and they couldn't get them in the store yeah that's how they were coming to you saying can we please i mean were they people were like can we just please buy like a gallon of this to bring home (laughs) with dinner well that's when it was created i mean we had not done the cocktail mixes before and the lemonades we had but not the cocktail yeah they kept saying how do i get definitely born at that time so it's a birth this is a a birth a child of covid right here yes that's a covid baby (laughs) right there yeah it worked out yes people kept saying how do we get your cocktails and our license doesn't allow us to make cocktails you know out the door and so we we had to figure out we had an amazing bar manager that was a, a bit of a scientist, you know, in his spare spare time um, helped creating those those drinks. But I mean, you know, our spicy Baja Margarita mix, which is hands down our bestseller. Yeah. Um, that was something where we we, you know, made a, a uh, what was it like a mango habanero pepper jelly and it was delicious. And he likes spicy margarita. So then he started using that. Now we infuse our tequila with our house made mango habanero pepper gel- jelly. That's what makes it spicy. So when are you starting to sell that tequila? <laughs> we sell, we'll deliver you some tequila with those. Yeah. Well, so now y'all, can y'all deliver alcohol with everything or people still have to buy spirits somewhere else and buy the mix? We can, we can deliver alcohol. No, we okay. can deliver, yeah. Good. Was that another yes. COVID baby? Yeah, actually the I second I will say that the state did that quickly. Yeah. I mean, they shut down dining. 
we, we called them and delivery. said, how can we deliver alcohol? And they said, what, bring $100 and fill out this paperwork and we were <laughs> delivering. Well, I mean, and for, that's, that sounds very shady, but it was no, the process was, they had put in place and they yes. just made sure that they it was a very sure, quick yeah, process. It was very So quick I think process. by the end of the week, we were able to deliver alcohol, yeah. which was great. We still have a sweet lady that orders, um, you know, two liters of vodka a week with a cookie, you know, for cookie. delivery <laughs> or a month or whatever she orders it is because <laughs> you have to have food with alcohol delivery. Oh, well, she, and she gets to, I don't even know y'all make cookies. We have some amazing cookies. Yeah. So what has yeah. been like the funnest board to kind of create for the menu? I, I like the Baja board. Mm -hmm. I, I think making your own street tacos is super fun. And um, you're ripping up that chicken that we, you know, based all kind of beautiful things on it and roast it. And you have all kind of fun things and you can make all kind of crazy tacos. The cool thing is, is with the tortillas, you can, again, you get the board for one. I get the board and we I can rip off of yours and make my own tacos with what you have too and so the Baja is probably the most fun to me I don't know I think that I mean they're the ideas for the boards are endless right oh no I, I have mean a list it's just <laughs> like as long as my arm and so it and it's hard because it's not it's not this easy process to take 10 things that work together on a board develop the recipes and then make it make sense in the kitchen because you only have so much space you only can hold so many things in a 686 square foot kitchen but the ideas are limitless fun, i mean yeah. well they need to work it from a menu and pricing standpoint and yes. you then the, the pricing the economics of that is just right. i'm sure it's like a, a an equation all in and of itself <laughs> yeah how much you put in and of that how much yeah. you put into that and like that's yeah. just okay throw maybe that price will work <laughs> yeah and if you get that wrong you're not gonna be in business too <laughs> no yeah no you, yeah. you need a, a full a full team for pricing and yeah. portion control yes especially on the for boards sure. is i'm yeah. sure just and we try to be generous with the portions there's not many people that don't take home something Leftovers. when they order the boards yeah which is was also good yeah it's good so i want to talk a little bit about kind of where y'all think this push and this kind of this fearless forecast of coming to a new city with coming from entrepreneurial families, do you think that kind of played a role in like, well, it's just what you do. You go somewhere and you make a business or was it, or was it terrifying to come in here? And I don't do think I would like make this? a very good employee. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I, mean, I may or may so not have been your... fired from Disney. Let's just say that. So off the yeah. record, off the record. Yeah, <laughs> off the record. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had siblings, your parents, yeah, all my of parents. my siblings are, you know, they own their own real estate firm. They, my dad had, you know, car dealership. My mom, after raising six kids, went and got her real estate license. I think I was in the ninth grade. And then within two years, she was killing it in New Iberia, selling a million dollars a year worth of real estate in New Iberia. And so it's, there's always been that drive to like, you know, go explore, go fail. And, and when you fail, dust yourself off, learn from it and keep going. And so, but I mean, you knew. Yeah. Right out of high school, you were gone. Like you were gone. Oh yeah. There, there was Florida. There was LA. There was Louisiana. There was Texas. LA. There yeah. was different spots. For me, my older sister had gone out to California, so I was, you know, I went to Texas A and M, and then I knew immediately I wanted to travel. I got to do some fun trips in college, summer in Mexico, a trip to Africa. I knew I wanted to travel after college. I went to London for a year, came back, ended up in LA. So I mean, there was this part where we had gone to new cities before, right? That's exciting though to us. You know, we, we often talk where other people go say out there and get broke. No, <laughs> well, you, you figure it out, right? There's a big world out there. And I know right. sometimes when talking with different people, they say that's terrifying. And yet 
the opposite of that was terrifying for me to not go explore, to not go and try to figure something out. Is it hard? Absolutely. You know, did I cry at a train station in London when I didn't have a place to live? Yes. Um, but it doesn't last that long. You get up and you figure it out. And then you also realize, even though there's this very big world, um, it's a small world. There's amazing people, really cool opportunity. You kind of have to go get lost out there to see what some of the opportunities are. Um, so I think that is one thing about us that in doing that, you know, it's hard, but nothing is that hard. You know, we talked about moving here and we kept getting worried. And what about our son and all of these things? And we just said, what's the worst thing that can happen if it doesn't work? then we change it, right? You stay flexible. And I think in our businesses, we've done the same thing, right? We had a high-end modern furniture store, sold expensive furniture and art. We hit a recession. What are things people don't need in a recession? Expensive art. art. Furniture. Luxury items. Accessories. <laughs> right. All of that. Um, and, and we learned some of, our, I think, our most valuable business lessons during that time of what do yes. you actually need? How do you stay true to yourself? What's your brand? What's important? Probably the, one of the best things that ever happened to us. That's the craziest thing to say. But like going through the recession, just it kind of kicked your teeth in and then you realize what's important to family, what's important <laughs> to business, what's important in Team, general. Yeah. And you, you find all these people coming in like, negative and they're like how are you still open what are you wow man the economy is just terrible and then you're like you look at our big garage door open to the weather of san diego and we still have some beautiful things in there and we're i'm like we looked at each other and we're like we have to every person that's negative just just flip it and we have to say something positive to them and then you see this person not know how to answer it and they're just like it kind of boggles their minds like and then they leave you and all they can think is like, wow, I tried to, I just tried to kick that guy's teeth in with negativity and it didn't happen. And so you hope they either stop doing that or do it themselves. Right. And so that's what we would try to be positive during this whole time. And then when we have a restaurant that's four months old, old and all of a sudden there's a pandemic. pandemic that's never happened in that's, our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened in our lifetime. That wasn't in our business plan. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, so what do we do? Let's do meal delivery. Let's. You know, I, I joke about it all the time. I'm like, if somebody would have pulled up and said, I want four salads and an oil change, I'd have been like, let's do it. Like, let's, I got to, you know, I got to pay some people back here. Right. So, I mean, you just, you figure out what to do and you stay positive and you, 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 you know, roll with the punches and you keep moving. And that's the. There's that's also the right, a beauty in our partnership that the yes. things that we handle, like when one of us it's is yin kind and of yang, freaking out. Good. The other one's focused on, we've got this, we can do this. You if know? you freak out together at the same time, you're in major trouble with any partner, business, love. I mean, it happens. Personal, right? <laughs> whatever. It, absolutely. So the, the, I can freak out about something and she'll be like, no, it's it's fine. We're going to do this and we're going to find And then one day she'll be like, I, this is, I'm done. This is crazy. And I'm like, no, no, things are good. We're good. Yeah. And, and, you know, we go back and forth. But it and was the same thing. I'm going to jump back help. to that when all that happened and it was crazy. And for us, again, failure wasn't an option. No. It was like we flipped the model then. This is fun. We'll do. Hey, oh, my gosh, we have cocktail mixes. We're doing grown up Easter basket delivery, you know, whatever. <laughs> but we had amazing customers. We still talk about that. It's one of yes. our favorite things when a new team member joins. Um, we'll hear someone that's been on our team for a while say to them, oh, we have the best customers here. Customers have been amazing. They've amazing. been so supportive. We had those four months with them. And I mean, they would come in and I mean, that was huge for us. Not only did they accept what we were doing, some of these things that were different, just, I mean, there's amazing people in this town, right? And they were awesome. So amazing team, amazing customers. That, that changes everything, right? I mean, we were sitting there, we would have, no one could sit on our patio, right? We had never been open spring. 
There's this gorgeous spring weather. The best. No one could eat out, and we we're like, world. well, we're gonna have management meetings outside, you know. Yeah. And but but when you look back at some of those things, those lessons of just it, we didn't sit there and go, oh, what are we gonna do? It was like, no, like really, what are we, what are we gonna, gonna do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what are we gonna do today? What What do you yeah. want to do? What's right. an idea? What's crazy? Let's just do it. And you throw it out there, and you have to just remove some of that fear sometimes, um, because you you know you still got to get through the day. Yeah, <laughs> and fail it when fear is not an option. You got to do what you got to do to you make it work. You got to do what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So as we start to kind of wind down the show, we have a set list of hard hitting questions we like to ask every single guest. So the first one is, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? <laughs> More than twenty push-ups. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> no, I, um, gosh, I think just like free time. Like I wish I had more free time to do the things I'd want to do. And I think you take it for granted when you're young, uh, how much free time you actually have. Like, you know, even pre kids, I think we had, we, you think you're just so busy. And I look back now having the business and having two kids and a wife and, and I look back and I go, what the heck was I doing with my time? Like I had, I must've had a ton of it. Now I had a good time and it was great, but I don't know. I, I think it's it's time. I don't. I don't know. I like. I used to like, like dancing golf and carts. performing. That was my <laughs> thing. Right? Yeah. Dancing, yeah. performing, kind of the like no fear, no She's filter. She's talking about her now, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. We switched. We're dancing for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, there's something about like there's that n- no fear. You're not afraid to try anything. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, I don't know. You'd go into a weekend and it was like you could have plans that would last four months, but you think it's doable because it's a weekend or summertime. (laughs) I don't know. I I think kind of that like imagination of just creativity and just going with it. I want to put a play on in the yard. You're like, okay, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I that's where I I jump to. (laughs) Those are great. So what are three lessons you all have learned along the way? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think flexibility. We kinda, yeah, be flexible in whatever you do, uh, not necessarily physically, um, <laughs> for me personally. But uh, I think what, what do we say? Like, um, always be positive. I think that is, uh, man. The world is so crazy right now, and it's so easy to go negative on anything that happens. And so I think the, being There's positive. There's a lot to be grateful pro- for and thankful oh my gosh, for each yes. day. So, and the world's still like you know, opportunity is out there opportunity you just have to go for it and i think that's number two what would be the third flexibility that oh, i mean good, i don't know, i don't know, i don't know how to say like kindness but like people matter I, yeah. I, I don't know how to say that i guess maybe as succinctly as as we need for this show but i think it's something in any business that we've had as people as parents it's something we talk to our team about the idea that everyone wants to be acknowledged everyone's everyone has something to offer Every single person that walks in our door, um, takes our trash out, delivers a package, a vendor, everyone has a story. Everyone has something to offer. And I think in the busyness of our world, we forget those things. And I think, you know, even for us, sometimes we have to stop ourselves, the focus of, you know, getting through the to-do list or the task list or the team meetings and, and sometimes just stopping and remembering, like it it kind of goes with the grateful and, and thankful, um, but kindness, like there's just, I, I, I go off on this. I mean, he stops me often when we're either interviewing someone or newly hiring someone or team meetings. Um, there's not enough in our world. And I think that kindness and acknowledgement go hand in hand. And I think that that could improve so many things if we all just stop long enough 
and acknowledge like you have a story, you have something to offer, like, you know, open the ears a little bit more. Listen, no, I, I think that's an important 100%. lesson. I'd let her keep talking, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am. I, I just learned a whole lot. <laughs> so be, being in from or coming from different parts of the country and settling here in Baton Rouge or deciding to move here to Baton Rouge, what is something y'all love about this place? Uh, I mean, the people, the, right? Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> like, the people have been amazing to us. Like, we would not have made it through the pandemic. We wouldn't have gotten investors. But, you know, we, we moved got, here. Like, we talked about this. We moved here, and I forget which happened first. Um, it was the police shootings and the flooding, all within our first year and a half of living here, oh, right? Yeah. It was, I mean, our friends were like, what is going on where you live Yeah, now? they were like, what, 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 what's going on there? And I'm like, well, that was a mile and a half from my house, and, yeah, yeah but, it was crazy. But we talk about it. It was living here during that time. It was amazing. People, you saw the soul and the kindness of people, right? It's why we were here, the Southern hospitality, neighbors looking out for each other. I mean, some of the chefs and restaurant owners that we met, we met because we didn't know anyone, right? Mm. And we were like, we're going to we're going to Celtic Studios and we're going to just bring a barbecue pit and we're going to just cook for people or we're going to go to this church. We went to Santa Mall and, and cooked with people. We met so many people, great people at that time. But it was the idea that it like everyone just came together and that's beautiful. That's beautiful, right? In the face of tragedy, seeing the, the beautiful um, souls Spirit. and hearts of people is, is a big deal. And I, I, as crazy as it was for us, it was like, we've made the right decision. This mm -hmm. is the right place to raise our family. This is the right place to have a business. This is the right place to, to put roots down and call home. Makes sense, yeah. So the, the, the people are a big thing. And then certainly as it went into business, yeah. customers and vendors and you know just people who have supported us, it's been... Uh, it's been amazing, yeah. yeah. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? I think you're, you're kind of doing it like with this show, um, just talking about entrepreneurialism, talking about the city, talking about all of these different things. Stories. Actually, it, yeah, it, it, I think it's, that's how you help us small business people or whatever. Like that's, I think that's a good thing. Well, yeah. I think learning stories for the cities. I, I think the city still has a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, we do talk about we moved from San Diego as this outdoor city, right? It's known for its like, beauty, its weather, this sort of thing. There's a lot of really great things Baton Rouge has. I don't know that everything's being taken um, advantage of in the ways that it could be. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can be worked on. Um, but I think it's open discussions and I think it's business owners and entrepreneurs and people who believe in the city and love the city getting together and, and chatting. It and better making i mean we're we're trying to put a path right in front of our business doesn't seem like a big deal it's been three years of work <laughs> there's a lot of support behind it but what's been amazing is i mean we have customers that walk in that just say hey we heard you're doing this i don't know how to help how here's twenty dollars how do i help yeah where a can lot i send of, uh, yeah. you know five hundred dollars or a hundred dollars and you know a lot of people want to they improve. want they want this city to move in the right direction and you know there's a lot of ways that it can but the people uh, that we talk to um are, are, are trying their best. And it's, uh, I think it is, we all know there's a lot of red tape and there's a lot of, you know, things going on that I don't think uh, happen for the best for the city. And we're actually hoping um, that it can uh, turn a corner and get better from the crime to how great this city could be in general. I mean, we are on the Mississippi River. We are an hour and 25 minutes from New Orleans, uh, 
this city should stand alone. People should come to LSU games and go, I'm, I'm coming a day early because I'm, I'm going to go on Thursday because there's so much to do or there's so, and it needs to get there. The lakes, the bike paths, the um, things to do in this city. This is an amazing um, place and it could, it could be, it could be like one of the greatest cities I think in America. It's got all the potential in the world. I mean, you got the Mississippi river right here. Like, but it's got to have people that, I mean, you know, we're, we're new to the city, right? So I, I don't say that I'm from here, but I'm, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And we're raising our kids here. We're raising our kids here. There's, there's right. I'm also from Texas, right? So I'm a public school person. Yeah. So the schooling here is, uh, is something I'm still wrapping my head around a little bit, but I think just from, um, I mean, we've, we trying to bring in executive chef, trying to bring in different people, not trying to bring in, but hiring for some of these positions, um, at the moment when they're looking at where they're going to, we keep losing them to Houston, to New Orleans, um, to Atlanta, you know, different places. So there's, there's this part of like, those of us that live here understand these great things that are here, but something's not connecting. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way, but I, I think some of the things we've run into along the path, there's crime issues that obviously have me very concerned as a parent. Um, but I think it's going to take people like you having a show talking about it, people like us with a business, people invested in, um, you know, whether with customers or with team members, there's got to be something where we also, we, we can't just keep talking about it. We have to start figuring out how we can affect change. Right. And maybe whether that's dollars, whether that's action, whether it's getting more involved in some of these programs and the city, I, you know, n no one has the perfect answer for how you can affect change faster. I think there's a lot of really great projects going on. But I do think it's something that people have to keep talking about, keep bringing up and keep finding, putting heads together. I mean, we were amazed just doing that path, right? There were four businesses that got together. And from that, all of a sudden, a PR team was like, wait, we want to be involved in this. Hey, yeah. wait, we have this other project. Hey, how can we work together? And from that, we have met so many people and so many other projects going on. So now... How, how do we get, how do we grab all that passion? Right. We I say if the, small business owners ran the city. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the frustrating thing is that's, that's the point I was about to make is you're in some of these meetings and how long these good ideas take to actually come to fruition is very frustrating because when you're a small business owner, you want it now and there's no option because you have money you borrowed or you have you know, timing, you got to start making money, you have to, you know, support your family, there's, you have to go. And so when, when you see things that are good ideas, but then take so long to act, if they even happen, to implement, it's frustrating. And so I think that's like, you know, the bike path is one example, but there's, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of great ideas. But like, let's go, like, let's, you know, let's get and I think that's, that's the frustrating thing. <clears throat> well, I think what y'all are doing is, the foot in the right direction, you know, and recognizing it's going to take time and accepting that patience is right now the sad reality, but hopefully not that of the future. Yes. And it's, True. it's, it's finding that balance though, because the patience, if you, if you wait, you could wait a long time. And that's mm -hmm. where we had the, we had the full support of everyone, the city on this project, but it wouldn't move forward. And so it took, we were like, if you it don't have support, how long do these things take? Like everybody <laughs> right. was in on this okay. thing. But it took all of us like grassroots between our businesses and some residents coming up with $40,000 so that we could get the survey to happen because it was going to take a year before they would do the survey. Right. right. So there, I, I mean, I bring that up just as a, the idea that sometimes we, you do have to push a little bit. If you just accept that it's going to take a year and a half, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, we might be looking and still talking about these things five to 10 years from now. So it's finding a balance between understanding there's a process, but also having a public um, so involved and so passionate about their city to want to make change that they start to put dollars and time towards some of these projects. A lot of times, you know, in any in anything you do, if you say no, you don't have to really do anything. You don't have to work. But if you say yes, it's go time. And now you have to work and you have to put pen to paper and you have to make a plan and you have to take time to do it. The yes is a lot of work. The no or the maybe puts the work aside and you don't have to work. So it's like one of those things like the yeses need to start like let's 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 go. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And start actually making the work happen. Yes. So thank you all so thank very you. much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I thank you like for I your time. I feel like I get distracted very easily. So oh, thank no, you. no, y'all were great. That was that was. Fantastic. By the way, if you're just tuning in, the first half of this was really positive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we ended on a positive note. What are you talking about? We said that having the ability to find the balance between the patience and the wanting to go, go, go yeah. is the important middle that we have to find as a city. And I think it's going to take it's going to take everybody kind of wrapping their head around that, like what y'all were saying, with the people coming together to get the 40000 you've got to, as a community, say, okay, it's going to take time, we accept that, but let's start doing some incremental move, movements right now to kind of right. get the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. So That's good. It was it Thank was you for positive. having us. Absolutely. Thank y'all for coming <laughs> Appreciate on. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody else, for watching or tuning in the show. I really appreciate it. I know the guests do as well. Look, let's hear your voice. Let's hear what you have to say about Baton Rouge, whether it's the culinary scene or maybe points of improvement. Send them to the show, and if they're within the wheelhouse of what the guest is, we'll talk about it. We'll start bringing up more topics that y'all are wanting to hear discussed and finding solutions and start implementing them in whatever way we can. So by all means, if you've got some ideas or something, reach out to us, and we're going to see what we can start doing from the show side of getting things moving. So thank y'all so very much. And thank you again for the wonderful partners that make this show possible each and every week. Hear a little bit more about them right now. Sell your home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $399 flat fee. Our online platform is insanely easy to use and will save you thousands. If you're thinking about selling your home in 2022 and want to keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket, you need to check out Falaya. Falaya, real estate reimagined. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, Maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away. It's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Way far in the distance, not visible, or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. 
The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service Every step of the way, they're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out, our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center, and tell them Patty G sent you. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. Yeah.